Well, hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Cliff Ravenscraft Show, a podcast devoted to helping you take your message, your business, and your life to the next level. This, my friends, is episode number 494, and I am your host, Cliff Ravenscraft, the podcast answer man. I am so excited about all of the things that I have planned to share for you in this episode. I will give you a brief breakdown here at the open of the show just to give you an idea of what's coming ahead. So first off, I'm going to give you just a real few casual, off the top of my head thoughts about my experience at Social Media Marketing World 2017. Just got back from San Diego and experienced another wonderful time at that event. I'm gonna share with you some of the highlights in my mind off the top of my head. All right, the second thing I'm going to share with you is a technology tool slash tip, something that I just heard about yesterday already implemented, and in in just a few hours in one afternoon, I believe this is a brand new tool that it doesn't seem like it'd be worth 40 or $50 a month, but I am very seriously paying for it. It, it, it. I think it is a radical, awesome way of communicating via email with people. I'm going to tell you about a service called BombBomb. All right, and then after that, I'm going to explain why I am officially breaking up with Snapchat and what I'm doing with daily stories, whether or not I'm gonna continue, and if so, how I'll be sharing my reasoning and thoughts behind my current use and strategy with social media. Also, in this episode, I am going to talk about, uh, I'm gonna give you an update on my own personal health and fitness journey. Now, I've never intentionally chosen not to talk a lot about my health and fitness, but I know that it's not what most people follow me for. Although I do know that occasionally I do want to come here and intentionally share with you some updates about how my health and fitness journey is going because I know that thousands of you have reached out to me over the last two years and four months and told me how I've inspired you with my social media posts and the hashtag train with Cliff campaign. And in fact, that's how we'll wrap up this week's episode talking about the fact that I am bringing back the hashtag train with Cliff campaign. So with all of that being said, if any of this sounds interesting to you, it, by the way, if if it doesn't all sound interesting to you, especially the health and fitness side, at least stick around for the bomb bomb, the video email delivery system. You'll want to at least hear about that, and that's coming right after I talk about this, which is my experience at Social Media Marketing World 2017. As I said, I practically just got back from San Diego. Now, of, of course, it's Thursday as I'm recording this, and I think I got back on Saturday, but in my mind, I still haven't really fully mentally returned to work yet. So, in yeah, I'm still I'm still kind of winding down from such an enjoyable, pleasurable experience of of networking and hanging out with people. Now, for those of you who don't know this, I am very much an introvert. And an introvert doesn't mean that I can't carry myself in a crowd of people. It doesn't mean that I'm not outgoing and and that I can, you know, quote unquote be the life of the party. I I can do that if that is something that is called that I'm called upon to do. And in a for example, if I if I'm called to uh, hey, Cliff, can you come and speak and deliver a talk? 
And then if there happens to be a room of 50, 100, 200, 300, even 800 people in the room that desperately want to talk to you afterwards and in the hallways and at networking parties for the rest of the event following that, would would you be interested in doing that? And I'm like, "Eh, yeah. And I get called upon to do that several times a year, every year. And I've been blessed to do that every single year that social media marketing world has been around. Uh, so this was my fifth year there. And yeah, I, I go there. I, I get in front of every single person. This is this is a key. This is something I believe I picked this up from Dan Miller. And I just remember how I personally feel every time I am in a crowd at a conference with my good friend Dan Miller, whenever there are multiple people around, it's just It's a unique experience to have a conversation with Dan because whatever you're saying, it's like you're the only person in the world at that moment in time. It's like the rest of the world fades away and Dan is focused on everything you have to say and and you can just sense that you feel important when you are in front of him. And I've heard a lot of other people say this as well and it, it has a lot to do with listening rather than just talking, which is something I used to do more at conferences. I, I used to feel very uncomfortable because I didn't know, you know, what, what kind of questions should I ask and, you know, how do I start, how do I do small talk? Those kind of things don't come natural to me, but over the years, I've, I've kind of forced myself to step out of what might come naturally to me and I've trained myself to know certain questions that I can ask to engage other people so that they're really the ones that are talking. Now, occasionally people do want to ask me questions. They want my advice and I'm happy to give it. But more times than not, I I find myself finding a way to actually turn the conversation around and let them speak. And so one of the things that I did this year more successfully than at any other conference that I've done in the past is that I actually spoke to less people this year. But with the people that I did speak with, I connected on a much deeper level. And that for me was extremely beneficial in so many different ways. I didn't feel like I was quote unquote, you know, switched on, if you will. I felt like I could be more natural, laid back and relaxed, hearing their stories, having them pour out their heart about what they're most excited about, what they're passionate about. And not to mention the fact that I walked away from this event remembering a lot more people's faces and names. Now, please, don't get me wrong. I That is still one of my greatest weaknesses, I believe, at a conference, especially at Social Media Marketing World, or at least at a conference where so many people already know who I am. Now, I've been to some conferences where, you know, I'm, I'm you know, maybe let's just say this, I've been to conferences where less than 10 or 20% of the people who attend the conference know who I am. But at a conference where at least 50 or 60 or percent or more, sometimes as much as 80, 90 or 100 percent of the people have heard about me or heard, you know, have heard my podcast and stuff like that. When I go to these events, one of my greatest weaknesses is having conversations for sometimes 10, 15, 25 minutes uh, where they're in front of me. And I, I promise you, I'm listening intently on everything that they have to say. And I really genuinely care. And they've told me their name, but unfortunately that name only came by once. 
And it was usually at the beginning of the conversation, you know, and, and it's not, I don't feel like it's very polite for me to consistently be looking down every few moments to, to look at their name tag to remind myself of what their name is. And so I don't. Instead, I, I, I maintain that natural eye contact with them. And, and so what is my greatest weakness? My greatest weakness is being able to have 10, 15, 25-minute conversations with maybe as many as 150 or even 200 people over the course of two or three days and then walking away and not remembering the names or faces of 90% of those people uh, within 48 hours. Uh, it, it's, I don't know what it is. I, I would love to say that it's not because I don't care about these people because I do. Um, but it, it is just something that I really struggle with. And if anybody knows the answer to this, uh, that would be great. But I, I think I max out about somewhere around 20 or 30 people that I can remember that if I've met them this year, I'm going to remember them next year. I may not be, I, I'll, I, basically what I'm saying is that next year, there'll, there'll be about 20 or 30 people that I had conversations with this year that when I see them next year or if I see them next year, I'm either going to recognize their face, remember their name or both, or if, if, if things, all things, if all the stars align, if you will, and everything is right in the universe, I will even recall the conversation we had this year and be able to ask them something about a topic that they brought up this year and ask them for an update next year. Now, again, for me, it seems like that maxes out about 20 or 30 people. And when you're meeting two or 300 people that pour, they're pouring their heart out to you, um, and gosh, okay, the, the one that makes me feel the weirdest is the ones who have, you know, they've paid $2,000 to go through your podcasting A to Z course, and then they show up at the conference and, you know, they introduce themselves to you. And it's like, hey, I took your A to Z course last year and, you know, last summer. Thank you so much. And we have this conversation. It takes me just a little bit to, to put that all together. And I, I always try to, I, I don't, is it, is it wrong for me to do this? But I try to prioritize those people in my 10 to 20 people that I try to desperately lock into long-term memory. I, I don't know if it's wrong for me to try to prioritize the people who have paid a lot of money to work with me uh, above just the average person because I do, deep down in my heart, I believe everybody is equally as important as other people. I, I, I don't want to to say that you know the, the people that matter most to me or should matter the most to me are the ones who pay for my products and services or who have pay, paid for my product or who might pay for my, I, I don't know that I want to get into that mindset but at the same time, I, I, I do feel like, gosh, if, if somebody, if I spent four weeks with someone, uh, then I think it's important for me to to actually be able to recall what their podcast is and and what it was that they were working on and some of the big, huge mental breakthroughs that, that we had with, you know, that they had through our conversations back and forth over the course of their four weeks in A to Z. The, the issue that I'm running into is we're already over 660 students who have gone through podcasting A to Z now. And so, yeah, anyway. But here's what I can tell you. This year, social media marketing world was amazing. I had some very deep conversations. I did come away from this event 
walking away with it with the memory of some really wonderful deep conversations. I'll and the standard number actually less than there there to give you an example. I did not even see my friend Dan Miller. He he just emailed me yesterday. He's like, "Cliff, you know, we didn't even he says I saw you sitting up front in Pat's uh session, but I never saw you come out of the room." But uh he he talked about how he had a great time. And my friend Ray Edwards, I mean, he's in my mastermind group, and we didn't even see each other until the evening of the last day of the event when we had dinner together with my mastermind group. So there, there's a lot of people I didn't see, but the interesting thing is that I met a lot of people I've never met before. I did meet a couple people that I, I have met several times in the past, and it was great to catch up with them. And yeah, it it was a great time of networking. Now, one thing I did differently at Social Media Marketing World this year, normally I've always been the guy who goes to the conference, but if I'm talking, the only only sessions that I actually go to are the ones where I'm either doing a solo session or I'm also sitting in on a panel session. Um, But this, the rest of the time, I would spend in the hallways. I would literally spend all day long, every day in the hallways, just being available and talking to anyone and everyone I could possibly meet. And again, not to not to expand my exposure of who knows, but just to connect with people. You just to allow people to come up to me and tell me their stories of of how I've encouraged them. That that's always something that I love to hear, but it also gives them an opportunity to connect with me. I remember just how valuable it is to to for the podcasters that I love. You know, when I'll never forget the first few times that I saw Father Roderick in person and just how important it was for me to have a moment to talk to him. Uh, Leo Laporte, Dan Miller, all these other people that I now am blessed to call friends, but it all started by a lot of these people being just making themselves so available and so open to hearing how much of a blessing they've been in your life so you can tell them that and yeah so so I want that that's always been a staple of mine I always wanted to have that and of course I wanted to meet new people I wanted to hear what other people are doing I want to hear what other people are working on not just podcasters either I I like to hear you know Sean Ayala talk about what he's excited about Snapchat and what you know how he feels Snapchat has changed over the past year I, I love hearing Amy Schmidauer talking about um doing stuff with her YouTube vlog and how she's using certain technology tools to optimize for search results and and also to to just hear her expand on what she's doing and and stepping out of her comfort zone she did this amazing thing for one of the opening keynote sessions where her and Steve Dotto and a couple other folks did uh, a, a social media remastered or kind of a a parody of uh, we're off to see the wizard for social media for the networking party. It, it just so much fun. So I, I normally do that when I go to conferences. I n- normally spend all of my time in the hallways. This time was completely different. This time I spent almost all of the time spent at the conference in sessions. Now, obviously, I did my own solo session, and I am very happy with how my solo session went. It is Every time I speak these days, I I feel more and more confident in my speaking ability. I'm so thankful for all the things I learned at the SCORE conference, but just the, the experience that I've had over the years, I'm just more and more confident about my message and just about my delivery method and 
holding and engaging the attention of the audience and also providing great value. I think the biggest thing for me about doing my own sessions is that it's no longer about me. It's about what value am I bringing to the conference. So when I'm preparing and if I have any anxiousness or any nervousness, honestly, authentically, transparently in the past, it used to be, oh my gosh, how do I look? Oh my gosh, are these people going to like me? Oh my gosh, am I going to do a good job? Oh my gosh, am I going to impress people? That used to be the thing. But man, if I have any anxiousness or any anxiety today, it has nothing to do about me, how I look or anything like that. My, my only thing is, did I pack enough value into this talk? Are these people going to get something that made it worth sitting in my session as compared to sitting in all the other sessions that were available to them? Are they going to walk away with something that is going to be a great return on their investment? And the important thing is, number one, um, I want to make sure that in my talk, I want to be entertaining. I, I, just, I just want to make sure it's important that everyone in the room is entertained, that they're glad that they came, it was kind of fun, and it was an enjoyable experience. Not that cl- they come away thinking, oh, wow, Cliff, that that guy is so entertaining. No, I want them to come away and say, wow, I had a really good time in that session. Uh, regardless if they they think of me as being the person who provided that good time, I just want I want everybody to walk away entertained. The other thing is I want them to walk away educated. I want to make sure that they walked away with some kind of valuable information, some tip, tool, or advice that is going to that they can implement and implement right away. And I'm absolutely certain I delivered that. I am thrilled with the information that I shared. And maybe. Just maybe in a future episode, I'm not committing to this, but maybe if if you go to podcastanswerman.com slash 494, if you were to go to the comment section and I had enough people say, hey, Cliff, I would love for you to do a podcast episode that is basically an audio version of your talk. And if you would like me to do that, you could let me know at podcastanswerman.com slash 494 in the comment section. Comments on my site are open for 30 days after each episode is published, by the way. And if you want to email a request to me after the 30 days, you can email me, cliff at podcastanswerman.com. All right, so, um, but anyway, my talk was how to, everything you need to know to start a podcast. And the it was broken into three sections. The first one was, what's so exciting about podcasting anyway? Or why would you even, why would you even care to start one? And then uh, phase two of the talk was, here's, here's a breakdown, it's an oversimplified overview, but here's an overview of how podcasting works. And it's surprising how many, how many existing podcasters really don't know how the sausage is made. Some folks have had actually other people set their podcasts up for them, and they have no clue that it works the way that it does. And then uh, phase three of the talk was... Um, it was also, it was a couple tips. I gave some practical advice and tips and strategies for anybody who's looking to create a podcast. And and there was one particular one, which is, it's really week one of my podcast newsletter over at podcastanswerman.com slash newsletter. Um, and it's it's guaranteed way how to show up in more iTunes search results for your podcast. Absolutely guaranteed. You apply this one tip and you are going to show up in more search results. 
And then I closed my talk out with a kind of an inspirational message about those who are thinking about narrowing down and niching and becoming a you know the go-to person for their passion or their focus for their podcast, but they're kind of nervous about doing so, feeling like they're an imposter. And of course, some of you have heard me talk about imposter syndrome many times, but I gave the four steps on that are guaranteed to get anyone beyond the imposter syndrome and get them out there producing content. Has worked for every student I've ever worked with who struggled with with the confidence to move forward. So, yeah, that's what that was my talk. So I want everybody to be entertained. I want everybody to be educated. Also, I want people to walk away encouraged. I want them encouraged to do it, encouraged that they can do it. I want them to be encouraged that the world needs it and the world needs them. I just want them to walk away and feel like, wow, I'm a, I feel a little bit more important and, and I realize and recognize my value. I come, I'm coming away from Cliff's talk. I feel more encouraged. I just, gosh, what an encouraging and, and, and if you will, motivating. And then the last thing I want for, for my talks, I want them to be inspiring. I, I want people to like all of a sudden it's like, wow, I thought I was going to do this, but man, I'm, that, that, that was actually limited in what I really believe could be happening now. And I'm inspired to take this whole project to an entirely different level. And, and, and I, yeah, so I want people to be inspired as well. And so that's what I wanted for my talk. And uh, from the feedback that I got, it did that. But the but outside of that, and I did a panel session with my great friends, uh, Lou Mangello, Pat Flynn, myself, and then Mark Mason, a great friend of ours and also fellow Green Room Mastermind member. Uh, Mark Mason did the panel. He, he's, he led the panel. He basically, uh, he, what do you call that? The, the lead panelist? <laughs> anyway, Mark Mason put this panel together. And we did... What was the topic? It was how to get to 100 episodes and beyond. And we just had a great time just sharing, answering a lot of questions and sharing some advice and tips on on where we come up with content ideas. And a lot a lot of mindset st- advice came out of that session. And I just thought it was great stuff and loved it. So who knows? Maybe I might even talk to Mike and see if I can't get the audio for that one and bring in little some, some clips and share some of that from you. If you want to hear a couple of those things, maybe you want to let me know at comment section of podcastanswerman.com slash 494. But, okay, so outside of those two sessions, I did not spend a ton of time in the hallways. I, I spent a little bit of time in the hallways because I had to use the restroom, as you might imagine, uh, and I got stopped uh, many times both to and from. But here's what I did. I, I went in with this idea this year, and it, it came from this, this mindset. Whenever I am up on stage and I'm given a talk, I've learned to make intentional eye contact with each person in the room, or at least I try to make sure I hit each person in the room. And ever since I've been doing this for the last few years, every single time I always notice when my friend Dan Miller's sitting right there in the audience and he's nodding his head. I always recognize when I see my friend Pat Flynn in my in the audience, and he's sitting there, you know, nodding. I I remember in seeing Michael Hyatt sitting in the audience, taking notes on the things that I'm sharing. Ray Edwards sitting in the audience, and I mean, just like so many people, Amy Schmidauer, Amy Porterfield, and and so many other people, these peers and friends of mine that have 
literally hundreds and thousands of other people out there who would love to be interacting and engaging with them. But where are they? They're sitting in the audience of my talk. And these people know the things that I'm sharing. It's it's not like everything is rocket science. They hear, they listen to my podcast. They've they they know the core of my message. But what they're there. They're in my audience. And I just know how much of an impact that makes for me. And also I imagine how much of an impact that makes f- for the people who are in the who are also in the audience who may know them but don't know me as well who uh, or who do, do know me and also know them and have a, an equal or even maybe even greater respect for them and they see them in the audience like wow these guys thought enough to attend click it it adds to the credibility of this of me as a speaker when those people are there and so i i just i know that how that makes me feel all right and I love these guys. I, I do. And so this time, I made it a point that I wanted to get into the session. And I tried to get into the front row of every session that I attended as an attendee. All right. So Amy Schmidauer, I was there for her um, vlogging session. I was there for Amy Porterfield's panel session. I was there for Pat Flynn's solo session. Um and I'm trying to think of a couple others. That um, I was there for Kate Erickson uh, from uh, Entrepreneur on Fire. I was there for John Lee Dumas. Um, I was there. I was there for a, a ton of other people's content, and, uh, and and I made sure that I was taking notes and not just like appearing to take notes. I literally took took notes. Here's the one thing I can tell you. There, even though I may know these people and I know their core message and I know that I just said, eh, these people, they already know everything. Okay, there's always something new we can learn, right? There's always a new choice. There are things that I've been teaching for years, but today I teach it maybe with a little bit more of a nuance than I did in the past. I give a different example or a different illustration than I ever have before. And it may prompt something and then it's like, all of a sudden I'm writing down a note. It's like, oh, I wanna do this, all right? And so... I don't have, I, this is not prepared, but you know, here's some things that I, I'm thinking of. I'm, I'm thinking of uh, scheduling uh, 10 interviews with my best, uh, okay, so I, I, this is a bad thing. Uh, <laughs> I took lots of notes, but they're not well thought out notes just yet, so eventually I'll come back and I'll just share with you, like in future segments of the show here, different things that I'm going to be implementing based upon the notes that I did take during the sessions that I sat in on. And the cool thing is, is after, you know, during some of the networking parties and some of the after events and stuff like that, the 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 friends and the peers that I have were really close friends and stuff like that. Every single one of them made it a point to say, Cliff, I just gotta say, I saw you sitting up front and man, thank you so much for attending my session, that really means a lot to me. Every single one of them said that, and that was awesome. And the cool thing is, is a lot of the sessions that I sat in on were podcasting sessions, not all of them. I intentionally went into some of the live streaming. I intentionally went into some of the YouTube. I intentionally broke out into some other areas. But the cool thing is, is that in many of these other sessions, there were people there who were aware of who I am. And and so a lot of people after the session 
also, after talking to the actual speaker, came up and talked to me, asked me some questions, told me some of their stories, and so I still got to network as well. And for me, this approach to social media marketing world, or specifically this conference, this was my best year yet. And I think next year, prior to going to social media marketing world, I am going to do what I did maybe the night before for each of these days. I'm going to do way in advance. I'm going to strategically pick in advance all of the workshops that I'll sit in on, all of the sessions that I'll send it on, and, and I'm gonna do the same thing next year. I, I loved this approach, and yeah, it was awesome. Social Media Marketing World 2017, I, I could tell you a lot more, but all I can tell you that, that really matters is if you've never been to this event, you gotta be there in 2018. I already know the dates so that you can mark them in your calendar. I happen to know this because of my friend, uh, Michael Stelzner, who happens to be in my green room mastermind. But anyway, uh, Michael Stelzner just told me it's gonna be February 29th is day one, and then March 1st and March 2nd are day two and three of the event next year. So go ahead and mark out February 29th, March 1st, and March 2nd in your calendar for Social Media Marketing World 2018. I plan on being there. I will almost certainly be talking and maybe even doing a panel session, but chances are you'll be able to go in and see some of the sessions. And in fact, I'll tell you what, I may need some help being reminded of this, but I am I am, I am, am 95% certain that I'm going to at least 10 days before going to Social Media Marketing World, I, I want to have already chosen every session that I plan on sit, sitting in on as an attendee. And if you'd like, I will, at that time, share with you each of the sessions that I'm going to go to. And I invite you to join me on those sessions. And in fact, I'll probably even, maybe even do a podcast episode where I talk about the sessions and who's leading them, what the topic is, and why I intentionally chose that session beyond just because it's a peer or a friend or a connection, but but what value I believe that they bring to the table and, and why they're a friend of mine and why I allow them to be an influence in my life, okay? And then one last thing about social media marketing world and we'll move on, um, and that is that the, the, the greatest thing that happened during this was all five, or no, all six members, all five of the other guys, I'm the sixth, so, uh, all six members of the Green Room Mastermind group were together in presence, uh, face-to-face with one another. And we've I think we may have had that one year prior to this. We might have all been at the speaker party together. We got a picture together. I think that was all six of us then. But, though, but it, I can't remember if Mark was in that or not. I'm pretty sure he was. But anyway, this year, all six of us were there. And the evening following the closing keynote, we made it a point to schedule, uh, to, to make reservations at a restaurant, and the six of us had dinner around a circular dinner table at Seasons 52, and it was the first time we all sat down and broke bread together. After years of meeting every single week as a mastermind group, myself, Michael Stelzner from Social Media Examiner, uh, Mark Mason from Late Night Internet Marketing, Ray Edwards from Ray, in- Ray Edwards International, 
Pat Flynn from Smart Passive Income and Leslie Samuel from Become a Blogger. All six of us at one table breaking bread over a meal. Just, well, I did not have any bread and we'll get to that in just a second. But having a meal together and we also made a decision that night that this is going to be a tradition for us that that we will have dinner together just the six of us you know and 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 we're we were very intentional about that it was like listen you know there's going to be a lot of people that would love to you know tag along it's like but this this is an opportunity for us the green room mastermind to just have this wonderful time together over a meal and that was my highlight this year it happened this year um and and I it was awesome it was awesome Alrighty, so that's Social Media Marketing World 2017. All right, the next thing I wanna to talk to you about, I was in the Green Room Mastermind yesterday, and my friend Ray Edwards, I'm not gonna edit this episode at all, so bear with me for one second while I take a drink of water. Ah, that's good. All right, so my friend Ray Edwards talked about some of the takeaways that he had from Social Media Marketing World, and he talked about this service that he heard other people talking about that was actually the central theme of somebody's talk, and I don't even know all the details, but he was talking to us about this video email service. It's called Bomb Bomb. So Bomb Bomb, B-O-M-B-B-O-M-B.com. However, by the way, I do have an affiliate link if you're interested in this after afterwards. So, uh, and it's got a Think a 14-day free trial. And so I'm going to, with no credit card required, no credit card required 14-day free trial. So I encourage everybody to try this out. So anyway, he talked about this. He says it's a way for you to send video email messages to people. And so you it, it'll use whatever uh, webcam is connected to your computer, whatever microphone you may have con- connected to your computer. You just hit a record button, you type in the email address, and it takes a, a an animated GIF of your video, of you talking, it makes an animated GIF and puts it in the video, and what I love, it automatically puts a text ever overlay, it says, watch this two minute video, watch this 27 second video, watch this three and a half minute video. Uh, it, it is incredible and it is so engaging, you get this animated GIF that looks like video, and and it the open rate on it is amazing. And yesterday, I, I installed the um, Gmail plugin for my Google Apps, my, my Google Mail, and I plugged it in, I, I used the plugin. Now the thing is, I didn't like the little sidebar, and so I went to uninstall it, and I figured, well, maybe I'll just use it a different way. But whatever I did, it got rid of the sidebar, but the actual components, it, the, the software is still installed inside of my Gmail. I, I know I can go in and, and disconnect it by you know removing it from approved apps inside of my Google account, but it's beautiful because all I have to do is hit compose and it gives me Gmail's exactly the way it normally would be, but down at the bottom right-hand corner, there's this little record button that I could press if I want to and it will give me the ability to instantly re- record a video and it will automatically put a thumbnail right there in the email from my Gmail web browser. It's incredibly awesome. And just to give you an idea, let me see if I can find this email from Jessamine. So Jessamine, uh, if you guys have never heard of Jessamine, she is amazing. She's one of the like most awesome employees of Social Media Examiner. And I'm going to, I'm actually gonna play for you uh, the, vi- the video. I think, it, I think this would actually go well. 
And so uh, Jasmine sent me an email. She says, hey, Cliff, just a note to say thank you so much for your incredible sessions at Social Media Marketing Worlds 2017. The way in which you continue to motivate and help others is of great inspiration to me. It was wonderful to see you, and I hope you're getting some well-deserved downtime. Until our paths cross again, take care, Jessamine. All right, and so Jessamine sent me that, and then I replied, and all it gets, and by the way, it doesn't have to be an animated GIF. You can also uh, click a button, and it'll take a picture to do a thumbnail for you. And uh, anyway, but I sent, I just hit reply. There's no text in my message to her in the email at all. It's just an, a 16 by 9 image, and it's, it's got a, a picture of me there, and it says, play this 49-second video. Okay, so I'm going to click the play button, and this is what Jessamine saw or heard. Jessamine, hey, it's Cliff here, and I just want to say thank you for the personal follow-up. It was awesome to see you again in San Diego. I always enjoy that event, and this year was no exception. In fact, it was the best out of the five years that I've attended, and it's always been a pleasure every single time I've had to interact with you, and I was sure to let Michael know that during our uh, mastermind call earlier today. And in fact, everybody on our call had amazing things to say about you, and uh, it's always a pleasure. So I look forward to seeing you again next year, and uh, as you might imagine, I'll probably be late with my slides again and make multiple changes and updates the day of the talk. But anyway, good stuff. Anyway, thanks. Great to hear from you. I hope you're having a blessed week and you're getting some downtime after such a big event. Talk soon. Bye-bye. All right, so that's the video that I sent. And of course, the video is me. And of course, you know, I have to make sure that my hair is done right and I've got a decent shirt on and stuff like that. But this is incredible. It's it, I've done this before. I'm going to talk about this in just a moment. My use of video and email. I've used video and email for quite some time, for years now. But I'm thinking about paying for a service even though I've done it for free for years. But anyway, let me read to you Jasmine's email response. She says, oh my gosh, Cliff, I'm crying, exclamation mark. And by the way, she she the crying is in all capital letters with an exclamation mark. She goes, oh my gosh, I'm crying. This is the most beautiful SMMW thank you I have ever received. The closest thing to a huge hug in person. Thank you so much for taking the time to do this. Cliff, it means the world to me. Warm regards, Jessamine. My my friends, let me tell you, I could have easily just hit reply and typed a message and said, Jessamine, thank you so much. It was great to see you. Always a pleasure to work with you. We were. I was just telling Michael that how much it was great to work with you, and we all had great things. I could have. I could have typed the transcript of what I said in that video, and I promise you, she would have not emailed me and says, "Oh my gosh, Cliff, I'm crying. This is the most beautiful thank you I have ever received," and it's the closest thing to a huge hug in person. So, what made the difference? Because it's video, it stands out, it's different. And let me tell you something, my friends, I have been doing this for years for free, and here's how I do it. I so, Sometimes I would use my iPhone, sometimes I would use uh, my, my big cam- video camera that I have here, I've got a Canon HFG40, I would use that, and I would actually record personalized videos for people and they would be recorded in H.264 format. I would bring them off of my phone or my camera's SD card over to my computer. I would upload them to YouTube as an unlisted video, 
And then I would take the link from the YouTube video and I would go over to my email and say, I created this brief video message for you. Click here to watch. And I would paste the YouTube link and then it would send them this thing. Now, there are a couple reasons, and that's free. It doesn't cost anything. And by the way, I've been doing this with, um, occasionally I'll do with this with my eight per, podcasting A to Z follow-ups, and on occasion I will do this for people who have emailed me if I've got a little extra time to, to make things even more personal. I will go through all of those steps. But here are the steps of what it had taken in the past for me to do those messages. Number one. I have to actually get my camera and put it on a tripod. Whether or actually, Well, maybe my Canon HFG 40 is already on a tripod, but I have to actually get it set up. And also, I have to get my, I, I get a soft box lighting. The lighting is important on video. It, it really is. So I have to get my light box set up, my camera set up, or my phone put onto a tripod. And then I have to, to make sure that the audio is turned on if I do it on my Canon HFG 40. I have to put my wireless lav on, turn on, make sure the batteries are good. And then I have to record the message. I have to pull the SD card out, put it into the slot, bring, drag and drop the recording off of the SD card to my desktop. I then have to upload it to YouTube, which takes some time. And then it also takes some time to process the video on YouTube. And then when I send the message, I'm sending a message and it's simply a little bit of text asking people to watch the personal video that I made for them in, uh, you know, by clicking this YouTube link, okay? Now, that's a lot of work and not to mention the fact there's no thumbnail image. And I mean, now I have in the past gone out of my way and created thumbnail images for these videos and, and made them clickable. But man, that's a whole lot of extra work and all this other stuff. So what I love about this service is that I have a Logitech um, C920 great HD camera webcam on my computer. I already have it set up so that my audio from my high LPR 40 uh, comes out of my mixer and can go into my computer anyway. It's set up that way for a Skype mix minus. It's also set up that way for screen flow recordings. So my microphone's always in front of me. My mixer's always turned on. And I, it's, it's, a, it's nothing at all for me to hit a record and do a video. So in fact, I'm just gonna click on here and I'm gonna hit record right now. It's counting down. Hey everybody, this is Cliff Ravenscraft. I'm doing a test to show just how quick and easy it is to record a video. All right, and so I'm uploading this thing right now and I'm hitting save. And this is literally how long it takes. It, it, it is saving the video at this very second. And now I'm hitting copy the URL because I'm, I don't want to actually email this to somebody. And this is how quickly this thing became available. So I'm going to open it up. Hey, everybody, this is Cliff Ravenscraft. I'm doing a test to show just how quick and easy it is to record a video. Now, I, that video, if it, that in the time it took me for the, to play that video back for you, that video could have already been in an email with an animated GIF of me talking or I could have taken one extra step and, and kind of posed for a thumbnail image. By the time I just played it back for you, that, would have all, that email would have already been sent with a quick little video, a, a, a thumbnail that says play this you know, 13 second video or that one might have only been like eight second video. Incredibly awesome, bomb, bomb. Now here's the deal. This is this is a paid service, bombbomb.com. 
Um, but again, I do have a, an affiliate link. If you're thinking about this, please sign up with my affiliate link. Um, but let me go into, if you scroll down and then do pricing, uh, they have a 14-day free trial, and I'm looking at their pricing. Individual is $39 per month if you bill annually, or $49 month to month, okay? And then they also have a individual plus, which gives, basically with the in, individual plan, you can email videos to up to 2,500 people, all right? So up to 2,500 people, the plus is 3,500 people, plus there's this automation stuff, and you get front of the line phone support. I could care less about the phone support or I don't even need 3,500. I think for me, that's gonna be fine. So I'm probably, after my 14-day free trial, I believe I'm gonna, what is that? Let me just tell you how much I'm enjoying the service. Uh, let me hit trust on this iPhone. So I'm gonna pull up my math uh, calculator here, $39 times 12. So $468. As soon as my 14-day trial is up, I can already tell you I'm about 99% sure I'm gonna just go ahead and pay 468 bucks to have the access to do this for a year. And by the way, Jessamine is not the first person to respond to me in this way. Um, there, well, she's the only one who said that she it, it literally made her cry and and that it felt like a big hug. But there, there are other people who's like, oh my gosh, thank you so much for this video. Wow, that I, somebody said, dude, here here's one it says, dude, you're awesome! Exclamation uh, mark. Loved the note via video, and then he went on and on. This is incredible. So much easier. So what would have been about five to 15 minutes per personalized video message done the old way is now literally, it, it's however long the video message is plus 10 seconds, literally. So if it's a, if it's a 90, if it's a, uh, gosh, if it is a 50 second video message, it literally takes one minute to send that very professional, very awesome looking uh, video email. And it plays on all devices. So if they're on an iPhone and all this other stuff, and even on the iPhone, it even gives the ability to reply by video. So if you actually are receiving my video email in on an iPhone, I don't know if it does it on Android, but I do know it does it on iPhone, um, it'll give you the ability to record a video reply that you can hit and it'll send it right back to me, your video. Awesome stuff, bomb bomb. You guys gotta check this out. I, I will tell you, that if you have Gmail or if you have Google Mail that for business, I have Google Mail for business, and you plug in this little thing, it, it seems like it's a little obtrusive. It puts a little banner at the top. It had a sidebar. I, I, I didn't like either one of those things. I was actually getting ready to just uninstall this thing completely. But then, I, whatever I did, I, I, I think I halfway uninstalled it, but man, what was left works perfect. And it, it's no longer visual. The only thing that looks different is instead of having a compose link at the top left-hand corner, I now have a send video link or a compose, or a send video button or a compose button. And if I hit the compose button, which is my normal way of sending an email with no video, I can type in there. There's a, there is a little icon in the compose window at the bottom right-hand corner, but if I don't click on it or if I don't do anything with the video, then it sends it as a normal text email. 
However, at any point in time, even in on a reply, I can hit that little button and it automatically inserts the thumbnail image or the animated GIF or what it is incredible. I love it. I love this service. And by the way, my affiliate link and uh, it, it, they have a great affiliate program. I, I'm really surprised, uh, but it's 15% commission for the lifetime of the of the account. So I really like affiliate programs that have ongoing commissions for as long as the people stay with the service. And so um, let's see, if somebody were to, if you were to sign up for BombBomb after the 14 days, after you click my affiliate link, time, that's 468 times 0.15, I would make $70 commission for each person that signs up for each year you use the service. So Anyway, I, I had some friends, we had some conversations, some people are saying, you know, $39 a month, that seems pretty expensive for something you could pull off for free. And I'm, I will tell you this, the reason why it seems a no-brainer for me is because 400 and, what, what, what did I just say it was? I don't have it in front of me anymore. But $436, it's worth that much money in the amount of time it saves me from the way I was doing these before. And my friends, like I said, Sending personal video notes is something that I have been known for for the last several years, and I have not done them nearly as much as I would had they been this easy. And so that is why I'm going to be using BombBomb for almost certain. And you know what? Let me just tell you, I I, I just wait for the 14 days, but I'm going to sign up. It's 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 100. I I'm I'm committed. So here's what I my my affiliate link podcastanswerman.com slash bomb, B-O-M-B. Again, that's podcastanswerman.com slash bomb, B-O-M-B. And that will get you over there and you can sign up for their free trial. All right, uh, let's see here. Uh, The next topic I said that I would share with you is the fact that I'm officially breaking up with Snapchat. It is official. It's been something that's been on my mind for the last, couple months now and I've unofficially left Snapchat but was still connected to a handful of people and as of today, Thursday, March 30th, I have now gone in and pretty much deleted every contact, every single person except for my wife and my children. Though I know if, if anybody, I had just had some conversations with a handful of people at uh, Social Media Marketing World. I had about 10 or 15 people that I was still connected to, um, and, and I was still following their stir- stories, but effective, literally this afternoon, Thursday, March 30th, I am no longer following anybody that I know through social media. The only people I have on Snapchat, I'm only using Snapchat for one purpose and one purpose only, and that is to connect with my kids and my wife through Snapchat. My wife just started using Snapchat just so she could snap back and forth with my kids as well. And so it's it's just a family communication tool. That is all Snapchat is for me. And in fact, my daughter doesn't know this, but after I go upstairs, I'm giving her my snap to, uh, Snapchat spectacles. So she, I think she's going to be very excited about that. I have no use for spectacles. They didn't, I, I, I took them and they're just not anything that is appealing to me. Had, um, it, the, the reason for this, Instagram stories. Basically, Instagram completely ripped Snapchat stories off 
and I already had such an established audience on Instagram, plus there's discoverability on Instagram, so if you start following somebody that you know, they make suggestions of other people to follow. Um, they're very smart suggestions as well. Also, there there's everything I can do on Snapchat, I can pretty much do on Instagram. The only, the only regret that I have to moving over to Instagram, and it is the only regret, is the fact that um, Snapchat purchased, um, what's that called? The emoji thing, um, uh, Bitmoji. Bitmoji is awesome. I love Bitmoji, and it will be the only thing I miss from Snapchat. And so, but I, I believe that uh, Instagram and Facebook will uh, implement some version of that uh, down the road as well. And and I bet you it'll be coming sooner than later. And also, Facebook itself in the mobile app just started Facebook Camera, which is basically Facebook Stories. So now there's Instagram Stories and Facebook Stories, and they're practically the same, although Facebook does have more video filters and stuff like that. It, it, it has a little bit more of the, the filters functionality that Snapchat has than than Instagram does. But uh, yeah, Instagram, I get a ton more engagement on Instagram and for the few last uh, Facebook stories in mobile, that's the little circles at the top of your news feed on your mobile uh, app. That is that just started appearing 2 days ago and I've I've been basically what well, I've set Instagram up in such a way so that I tell Instagram every time I add a photo or video as one of my Instagram stories, please download that automatically into my camera roll. So I have every little 15 second video or every little photo that I put in my Instagram story, I have a copy of that in my Photos app on my phone. And what I've been doing over the last two days, ever since Facebook Stories has shown up, I go into Facebook Stories and and in Facebook Stories you can bring in um, items, videos, and photos from your camera roll and upload those into your Facebook Stories. And I basically duplicate my Instagram story over to Facebook Stories. Now, I don't I don't know that I plan on doing like every single I Instagram post in my Facebook Story. I don't know. I, I'm working on that strategy, but I will tell you for now, I am I am actually stories. I think are important. These these ideas of sharing little bits and glimpses into your day. It's it's what I fell in love with with Snapchat. And I, I just, I believe Instagram does it better. You get more engagement when it comes to our age group, I believe, and stuff like that. So yeah, I, I'm t- totally into Instagram stories, connecting with people via the Instagram stories, and now even Facebook stories, I like equally as much. And Facebook stories, because I have so many more followers and, and friends on Facebook, the engagement I'm getting on the Facebook stories, as far as at least views, people who are actually watching these things, even like, you know, a couple, you know, uh, updates into it, you can see how many people are watching each update and you can see how many people have jumped off within two or three updates throughout the day. But man, I Facebook stories, it's only two days old and, and it's already rocking it. And so, yeah, I, I'm loving it. Uh, but th- it's official. It is official. The only... There, there are only four people on this earth that I am following or connected to on Snapchat, and I have officially broken up with Snapchat, with the exception of my family. So I, and by the way, I it's like, but Cliff, remember you said Snapchat is the thing, and it was. I, I believe it, and it did. It happened. Hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people. I was connecting with them every single day, and it was awesome. But. It, 
Instagram came and stole the idea. And now Facebook has has even uh, stolen it for them. I know that Instagram is owned by Facebook, but for whatever reason, they have it in both places. And and I gotta tell you, the experience is just as great on Instagram and Facebook, with the exception of Bitmoji. And for that reason, I'm sorry, Snapchat, you lost. Um, the, I don't know how they, you know, it, it, I don't know if there's any way that you can patent that kind of story feature functionality, but I guess they didn't, and. Um, Instagram pretty much copied it and now Facebook stories and and it gives me what I love and also I, I think the the saving to the camera roll that the videos are better uh, the the quality of the videos that come down are better all of it is better on Instagram and on Facebook and so yeah that's that's why I've left Snapchat it's official broken up all right uh, you know what health and fitness update um and train with Cliff. I, I've got f- under four minutes left. Let me just share with you real quickly. Back in November 14th, 2014, I made a commitment that I was going to work out six days a week, every week for the rest of my life. I had a couple people that were skeptical of, of whether or not I could pull that off. Some people suggested, people who loved me said, eh, you don't know if you really want to set yourself up for failure like that. Why don't you give yourself a little leeway and do three or four days a week? And I'm like, nope, this is a commitment, six days a week, every week for the rest of my life. Well, here I am two years and four months later and I have maintained this commitment. I have been working out three days a week of strength training and three, at least three days of cardio every week for the last two and a, two years and four months. So um, that was a major commitment, major lifestyle change for me. And I started to see the weight drop off. And of course, within a very short period of time of making that commitment, I made a commitment the, to really start eating healthy. Uh, the meter, the, I started eating the same types of foods that people in the Mediterranean part of the world eat, which is lean meat, fish, chicken, um, nuts, vegetables, fruits, and whole grains. And I, I was, at the time I made this commitment, I was 272 pounds. I was well on my way to 300. I mean, I would have been there within months. And I was having all kinds of medical, uh, like, symptoms and stuff like that. And, and it wasn't very good, like chest pains and a bunch of other stuff. So anyway, I went from, because of the change of, of eating style and also because of this commitment of working out every single day, this is 45 minutes a day, six days a week, every week for the rest of my life. I dropped all the way from 272 down to the 250s. And I started to notice that I was hitting a plateau. And right around that time, I became convinced from some friends to give up Diet Coke. Uh, they said that it has this aspartame artificial sweetener. And even though it's not sugar, it doesn't have calories, it does actually produce something called an insulin response. And so it your body does start to produce insulin. And even though you have little sugar in your body, it's actually trying to bring your sugar levels down because it feels like there's sugar there. This That's what this... Um, aspartame or artificial sweetener is, is tricking your body to thinking it's got sugar there. And so it's causing your energy levels to go down. But the other thing is this insulin is a hormone and it's called the storage hormone, which basically starts storing fat. And so I learned a lot about this. And I said, if you give this up, I think you'll see you'll break through the plateau. And I gave up Diet Coke like a year, gosh, I think it was about a year and a half ago or maybe two years ago. It was actually two years ago. So it was about four months in. So I gave up Diet Coke two years ago, and 
all of a sudden, I, I mean, it literally, it, it was a down, it was almost like a straight line down with a couple bumps in there. I'm, I'm not going to lie. There are some bumps, uh, you know, little mini plateaus for a couple days and maybe even up to a week at a time. But basically, I dropped all the way from those 250s where I was really stuck for like weeks at a time. I went from the 250s all the way down to 198 and boy did I look good at 198 I felt great at 198 I still feel great today but um, right around 198 I something happened and it was last summer I started uh, I was out doing a bunch of these cycling events I was riding 100 mile rides multiple 100 mile bike rides uh, each summer and which by the way take it's like nine and a half hours on a bicycle ride uh, but during one of these rides, I decided to have a, an energy drink, a monster energy drink. And I really loved the caffeine kick that it gave. And the thing is, though, um, I started drinking these when I wasn't on bicycle rides. And, of course, they have artificial sweeteners in them. They, I did some research and found that they actually do produce a, an insulin response. And what happened was I started having these... Uh, I, I wasn't eating very much sugar, but I had this insulin kicking in, and because insulin kicking in, it, it brought my sugar levels into a dangerously, dangerously low uh, realm, and my body's like, I need to eat, I need to eat, I need to eat, I have to eat, um, because my sugar levels were so low, because there's insulin. Now, the thing is, is this insulin's coursing through my body, and I'm putting calories in, and when you're that low, your body happens to know that the quickest way for you to uh, get your sugars level sugar levels up uh, is to actually eat sugar. That the quickest hit to make you feel better from low sugar is to eat sugar. And so my body craved sugar. And so even though I'd done so great for like over a year and a half of staying away from sugar and all this other stuff, I started to crave sugar like crazy. And I allowed myself to start participating partaking of sugar. And next thing you know, just long story short. Even though I'm working out six days a week every week, and I'm really busting my butt at the gym. I mean, I, I'm i a hardcore, dedicated uh, fitness freak, let me tell you. However, what happened was over the course of six, the last six months, my eating habits had gone back pretty much to what they were before I made this lifestyle change back in November 2014. I was eating pints of ice cream at a time, or well, a pint of ice cream at a time, which is over right around 1,200 calories. I would eat kick, you know, king size Kit Kat bars as a snack uh, every now and then, a couple times a week. I, I mean, just eating sugary snacks. I started eating lots of pizza. Um, you know, when pizza would come in, I wouldn't eat just two pieces of pizza. I would eat like four or six pieces of pizza. Just crazy, stupid stuff. And I'm drinking like monster energy drinks, like two or three, sometimes four or five a day. Ridiculous. This is like the old Diet Coke addiction. And slowly, and thankfully, it's because of the workouts that I was still doing. I've, I've never missed my commitment of working out six days a week. But slowly, I'm creeping back up. I'm no longer fitting into my large T-shirts. You know, I went from a a, a double X T-shirt all the way down to a large T-shirt. But then I had to go back to large, uh, extra large T-shirts. Uh, you know, this fall, and I'm like, this sucks. And and slowly, I went from 198 up to 235. And I was actually, it was about um, about two weeks ago. I weighed 235, and I said, okay, no. 
this has got to go. Uh, I, I can't. I, I'm not going to go any higher than 235. I'm 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 working out like crazy. I know no. I know what needs to change. And so 12 days ago, 12 days ago, I made a commitment to 100 days of clean eating. Now, this is my definition of clean eating. This is, I'm not suggesting this for anyone else, and this isn't a suggestion I've heard from anyone else, but this is where I know where my problem lies. And so I'm I am addressing the problem right where it's at. So first, here, here's what I'm committed to. For 100 days, I will eat, number one, no sugar. Now, the only exception to that would be fruit, although I have no desire to eat a lot of fruit right now. Okay, but absolutely zero sugar. And also, the, the, the only exception, there is between one to five grams of sugar in a 190-calorie Quest protein bar. Okay, and that is, I mean, it's like one gram of sugar, three grams of sugar alcohol, but it's 21 grams of protein, 23 grams of fat, and the and the total carbohydrates all together are like 18. And so this is definitely within the boundaries of what I feel is a healthy and balanced approach to uh, fat, carbs, and proteins, my macronutrients. And so I, I, there are some caveats. I will allow myself to eat fruit if I want to. I have. I probably won't eat any fruit during the 100 days. But if I do, it's not a big deal. Deal. I I will eat some strawberries. It. it I'm not abstaining from strawberries or a, a banana maybe once or twice during the 100 days if I just really want that. But I, I don't need it. Um. So, but certainly no ice cream. No Kit Kats, no other sugary snack, no foods with sugar added to it outside of the Quest Energy Bar. So, number one, 100 days of zero sugar. Number two, absolutely no artificial sweetener, all right? That means no Monster Energy drinks. In fact, just like I said um, like two years ago, um, I said, hey, absolutely zero Diet Cokes for the rest of my life no monster energy drinks for the rest of my life. And I you know, I'm not even going to give myself the loophole. No rockstar energy drinks. No drinks with artificial flavors for the rest of my life. That hands down, boom, that's it. No artificial sweetener for the rest of my life. Now, I will tell you that um stevia is a sweetener. It is natural and it does not as far as I know in all the research I've done Stevia does not produce an insulin response, and so I do use organic, uh, liquid, pure stevia drops in my tea, and both hot tea or even or sweet tea or not sweet tea, but uh, uh, iced tea. I don't drink sweet tea, uh, but uh, if I want to have tea and put some stevia in it, or if there's other maybe snacks that are sweetened with stevia, I might try that, but not during the 100 days. But no art, so no sugar, no artificial sweetener. Number three, no bread whatsoever. None. Not even whole wheat bread. Not even whole, like 100% whole grain, seven grain bread from Ezekiel 4.9. None of that stuff. No bread for 100 days. No pasta for 100 days. And no deep fried food. So this is my commitment for 100 days. No, there, are, there are five of them. No sugar, no artificial sweetener, no bread, no pasta, no deep fried foods. Now, put all of that, that those commitments to nothing that fits those five things. 
Put that on top of the fact that I'm still crushing it. Like when I say 45 minutes at the gym, six days a week, every week for the rest of my life, let me tell you what 45 minutes of the gym means. It means I go in with a pair of shorts and a t-shirt and when I come out of the gym, I could take my t-shirt off and I could uh, bundle it up and wring it out and sweat will pour out of my shirt. That Those are the kinds of workouts I'm talking about. Those are both strength training days and also high intensity. Well, even strength training, I'm doing a lot of high intensity interval training during strength training days. And then when I'm doing cardio days, I'm doing high intensity interval training on my spin bike or out on my road bike. Um, or if I have to change it up, I might do some other kind of cardio, but I, I'm really a cycling freak. So Anyway, so I, I'm crushing it. I, when I burn, 45 minutes in the gym is usually a minimum, minimum that I do, and it's a minimum of about 600 calories burned during each of those workouts. So here's the deal. I'm on day 12 of this, and it is awesome. Day 12 of this. Now, this is not healthy um, approach to, to weight loss and, and stuff like that. So you're going to hear this. I'm, some people are going to be concerned and, and email me and, or leave comments and say, this is really concerning. But I will tell you this, that it, two weeks ago, I weighed 235 pounds. And I think 12 days, I don't remember if I weighed myself in 12 days ago when I started this 100 days of clean eating. But I'm pretty sure I was right around 235. Today, I weighed in at 225, and so it's been 12 days, and I've lost 10 pounds, and I have no doubt that I'm going to see consistent, as long as I stay away from the sugar and the artificial sweeteners, then I have no problem with my sugar levels going low, So, which means I don't crave all that other bad stuff that would, you know, that would naturally spike my sugar back up to make me feel good, so I actually have even sugar levels throughout my day, which means I have even equal energy levels throughout my day, which means that I'm able to maintain a good, healthy number of calories consumed, and the calories that I'm consuming are great food for me and for my body, and every night I go to bed satisfied and yet still within my calorie budget for the day and goals for the day. This is incredible. I can't believe I allowed myself to get so far off the track with my eating, but I wanted to share that with you guys, and I have no doubt in my mind that within the 100 days, I will be back down to the 198. I will be back down into my large shirts, but not only that, not only that, but I'm certain that I will drop below 198 this time around before the 100 days is up. And I don't anticipate going to um, a medium t-shirt because I don't think my muscles will allow for a medium t-shirt. Uh, that's the other thing. I, I've, I've dropped all of this weight, but I've added about, I'd say I'm close to 30 pounds of muscle that I've, that I've built since November 14th, 2014. And so basically what this is doing is it's just pouring off the body fat and you know just it's melting it away leaving the muscle behind because I am eating a super high protein diet um and I'm not on a diet but I'm just saying I'm the types of foods I, I eat a lot of protein every single day uh to to make sure that my muscle recovery is there and that my food is not, that my body is not trying to eat muscle to to support its growth and, and stuff like that. But yeah, that's my health and fitness update, my friends. 
And the final thing, and I'm yeah, this this week's episode is a little longer than I wanted it to be, but I I do want to let everybody know um, that the hashtag Train with Cliff campaign is back. Um, the, the, it doesn't have to do with your your eating habits and stuff like that. I really just want to encourage people to start out. If you need to start somewhere, don't go crazy with 100 days of, of, of eating changes like I've got. I mean, if you want to try, I, I don't think that this is going to hurt you. No sugar, no artificial sweetener, no bread, no pasta, no deep fried foods. I don't think that's going to hurt you. Um, I, I think, you know, as long as you're eating and stuff like that and you're eating some good healthy foods, I think you'll see some changes. But that's not what Train With Cliff is about. Train With Cliff is this idea of are you committed to working out um, several days a week. I encourage you to consider six days a week every week for the rest of your life. And if you want to know why, I encourage you to get the, well, I encourage you to go over to gspn.tv slash start here if you want to know why. That's an old podcast episode. It's called Pursuing a Balanced Life, episode 583. It's titled The Day I Decided to Start Living. And I recorded that on November 14th, 2014 when I was 272 pounds. And I said to the world, guys, this is the crazy thing I'm about ready to do. And uh, that's when I made my declaration to the world. That is at GSPN, that's generally speaking production network, dot TV slash start here. Okay. But anyway, train with Cliff, hashtag train with Cliff. This is the idea. So whatever your commitment is, is it two days a week, three days a week, six days a week? I don't encourage anybody to work out seven days a week. Take a day off and have a rest day. All right, don't go crazy with your, all your food on that day, but but take a day off and let your body rest. But anywhere between two days a week to six days a week, if you are committed to working out two to six days a week every week for the rest of your life, then you can join me in the Train With Cliff campaign. And all you do is after you have worked out and gone to the, whether you've gone to the gym, you've done it at home, you went out in the neighborhood for a walk, any physical activity, maybe maybe it's just you're sitting there in your living room and you pull up some kind of exercise program and it, you do high knees and, and, and jumping jacks and some kind of all body workout with Jillian or Jillian Michaels or whatever. The, any physical activity that elevates your heart rate anywhere above 65% of your maximum. All right. And I encourage you to learn about heart rate focused exercise. That, that'd be awesome as well. But anything that rate makes you sweat basically gets you going get you sweating a minimum of 20 minutes i encourage 30 minutes and if you can do 45 that'd be freaking awesome (laughs) for you uh but anyway the idea is after you've done a workout all you do is go to instagram that's the that's the home base of the train with cliff campaign but if you go to instagram fired it up take a self uh, a selfie of you all sweaty or whatever doesn't you don't have to look fancy or anything like that but just take a picture of yourself after your workout and and then in the description just write this is what my workout was and then end the description with hashtag train with cliff all one word hashtag train with cliff and if you do that here's what i will do every day i go in and see who else is posting with the hashtag train with cliff so, for example, I want to give a shout out to Pauline Stockhausen, Kim Landwehr, Jeffrey Stipe, Sutton Parks, Carrie Oberbrunner, William Stevin, Stevenin, uh, but anyway, William, I know, uh, Mark Mason. So these folks have already joined me just in the last couple days as I've been focusing back on Train With Cliff. And you want to know how I know that? Go to Train With 
trainwithcliff.com. Trainwithcliff.com, and you can easily see at the top, they'll always show you nine images, which are some of the top posts. I don't know how they determine those. It's not always by the number of likes or views or comments, but they have some kind of weird ranking for how they choose randomly what those top posts are. But if you scroll below that, from the top left on down, it's got the most recent. So for example, I just looked right now, Sutton Parks just says five days a week, 30 minutes per day, 20 second run, 20 second walk, uh, be the tortoise. So he's he's doing 30 minutes of walking for 20 seconds, running for 20 seconds, intervals back and forth, back and forth for a whole half an hour, five days a week is what he's doing right now. And he put hashtag train with Cliff. And because of that, He's the most recent person to do it. And what I'm doing is I'm going in and giving him a heart and love that commitment is what I'm typing in here right now. And I'm going to put TWC, which was, that's a little keyboard shortcut I have for hashtag train with Cliff. And so what I'm doing is I'm personally going in and and as far as I can keep up with people, depending like all the way up to the, if it's 10, 15 or 20 people a day, then I will try to go in and put a little encouraging comment that says way to go, whatever, give a little bit of encouragement. But here's what I would love to ask you guys to do. Number one, join me. Make a commitment to working anywhere between working out two days a week all the way up to six days a week. All right, make a commitment to, to get physically active. All right, number two, post a post-workout selfie on Instagram and make sure to use the hashtag trainwithcliff in the description. And also describe what your workout is um, or, or what this particular workout is that you just finished. Um, that way we know what you're doing and you might inspire some of us to, to give something a shot, okay? And then if you, if you wanna help encourage other people and you like to be encouraged, I encourage you to go ahead and click, after you've posted the image, click on the hashtag in your comments uh, in the description. If you click on hashtag train with Cliff in the app in Instagram, it will automatically pull up the, the top nine people, but then scroll down and look at the most recent posts and choose one, two, or three other people's recent posts in the Train With Cliff category and click into their image, read their comment, and leave, give them a heart and leave them an encouraging note. And if you are committed to doing that for other people and other people are committed to doing that for other people, then you should start seeing a lot of encouragement roll your way as well. It's a great motivator. Uh, you know, I know that people know me as the podcast answer man, the, that my what I'm most known for is helping thousands of people around the world get take their message, their business, and their life to the next level through podcasting. But when I say take your message, your business, and your life to the next level, this part right here is a very big part of taking life to the next level, getting healthy, staying healthy, pursuing health, pursuing fitness is a big part of what my message for this world is as well. And that's why I wanted to share this update with you. And with that, my friends, I want to say thank you for tuning in. Thank you for allowing me to go a lot longer this week than I typically normally would. I'm not doing any editing on this week's episode. Um, And one last message here, I wanna let you know that my next session of podcasting A to Z is coming up on Monday, May 1st, and that's just four weeks from now. And so I would love to be your personal coach walking you through every step in the process of launching your podcast. Doesn't matter how much trouble and struggle you have with technology, 
Uh, I can help you with every single bit of it. I will walk you through everything. I promise you, if it's your goal to launch a podcast, by the end of the four weeks, you will have a podcast. I promise you that. Guaranteed, you will have a podcast if it's your goal and you're working towards it during the four weeks. I'm there for you, literally, unlimited access to me as your personal coach. Some of you already have a podcast and you're thinking, ah, I don't need podcasting A to Z. Well, if you would like to have me as your personal coach for four weeks, this is the only way I offer one-on-one coaching. When it's not podcasting A to Z, when it's not a four-week session, I do not offer any one-on-one uh, support to anyone. But when I get into an a to Z, into a podcasting A to Z session, if you are one of my students Inside of a podcasting A to Z session, you get me helping you with anything I can help you with for four weeks. I have had people who have who don't have a podcast and have no desire to launch a podcast and have them take this course just so they could ask me an unlimited number of questions for four weeks knowing that I would respond to every single question. I've had people who have successfully launched a podcast and had a podcast for years who've taken this course and they wanted just to ask me some things to take their podcast to the next level. I've had people who have an existing podcast and they didn't ask me anything related to podcasting but they wanted to really ramp up some of the business and the income streams related to what they're doing in the field of their podcast, their niche interest in industry. All of that is available, me, available to you as your personal coach for four weeks in podcasting A to Z. The next session starts Monday, May 1st. I would be honored to work with you. Until next week, my friends, I encourage you to take everything you do to the next level. Podcast at